Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. God bless you once again, and it's always so awesome to have you join us for our CWC Bay Area service. And you know what? I tell you what, we miss you. I just feel like we've already been doing this already for almost five months, and we just miss the CWC Bay Area family, man. We miss hanging out with you. Today in the parking lot, we're doing a live service, but for those of you at home, we're still doing this for you to make sure that you get to be part of the CWC Bay Area family. I want to encourage you. Last week, I started just a a couple messages that were kind of pausing for a moment and just declaring what God has spoken to my heart for this moment just kind of a pause moment, if you would, just a moment to kind of just uh, pump the brakes to recognize where we're at in this moment. And so this morning, I have a sound the alarm message for you. I have a sound the alarm message that I just want to take time that I believe God is speaking something to our hearts for this season, for you, for your family, and not only for our families, but for our city and for our nation and our world as well. I want you right where you are, if you would, would take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 17, and as you're turning there, I want you to know that we are at halftime, if you would. For all you sports fans out there, you know what I'm talking about. Halftime means that you're just as far to the end as you were from the beginning. You are right in the middle. July marks the halfway point for 2020. Now, for some of us, we wish 2020 would already end. It's been a tough year for some of you, but I want you to know that the seeds you're planting in sorrow right now will end up reaping a a time of joy in your life right now. So don't give up in the season that we're going in. I still believe, listen to me closely, I still believe that 2020 will be the greatest year that we've ever experienced. But along with great, sometimes comes a little pushback, a little struggle. So we have to do some halftime adjustment right now. We got to come back together right now. We got to strategize. We got to plan and we got to make sure that we're ready to finish this year out strong. Let's not give up. Let's not throw in the towel. I want to challenge you, dad. I want you to rise up right now and get your family together. Your marriage is going to be stronger this year. Your family is going to come together. I'm speaking to some of you business owners that your business is going to be stronger coming out of this thing than it went coming in. I want you to know that your marriage is going to be stronger. And I even want to speak to some pastors that are out there. Your church is going to be better. Your people are going to be better. We're going to come out stronger as a result of this season that we're in right now. Somebody say amen. Halfway means we're not done yet. Halfway means that there's still more opportunities for us to correct. Halftime means that there's some adjustments to make as we end up to this final part of the game. God didn't call us to just join the race. God called us to finish the race. And we're going to finish this race, baby. We're going to finish strong. 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to read a couple scriptures here. 1 Samuel 17. And again, I won't be long this morning. 1 Samuel 17, verses 10 and 11, you know the story of King David. David was anointed king, but now finds himself back in the shepherd's field when a war breaks out. And as he's there in this uh, this war breaking out, he wasn't even invited to the battlefield. Yet there's this giant from the Philistines, giant champion that steps out. And this is what he says in verse 10. 
I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man and he will fight from, with me. For when Saul and all his Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. I want you to see what happens here in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. It says, when the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise a standard. Someone say standard. Raise a standard against him. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to challenge you today with this word. If there's one word that Isaiah 59 has spoken to me years ago, I remember Bible scholars saying that Hebrew writers, that somewhere along the way that the comma was put in the wrong space when Isaiah 59 verse 19 was written. It says, so it should read, instead of when the spirit of the Lord comes in, or when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise a standard against him. Some scholars say the way it should read is this. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Now, regardless of how the, the, it's supposed to read, whether the, the enemy comes in like a flood or whether the enemy comes in and then like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord comes in, will raise a standard against him. I want you to understand this. There is no if on your life. There will be a when the enemy comes against you. There will be a time where the enemy's going to come in. There's going to be time where a Goliath is going to rise up. There's going to be a time a giant's going to call you down. There's going to be a time an opposite, uh, an, uh, an opponent's going to come against you. He's going to call out your family, your marriage, your peace. He's going to call out your children. He's going to call out the generations. He may even call out the nation itself. I'm here to tell you, CWC, that there is an uh, enemy that is rising up and defying the armies of God today. There's an enemy that is coming in. He feels like he's coming in like a flood. You see, in the Old Testament, Pharaoh came in, but when Pharaoh came in, God raised up the Red Sea. That when the Assyrians came in against Hezekiah, God sent the angel army to wipe them out. That when the Jericho's walls were standing between Israel and the promise, God had them march around the walls and the walls fell. When we found Paul and Silas locked down in jail, God sent them a song, a flood called a song in order to set them free from their imprisonment. When David faced Goliath, God God brought in, when, when Goliath stood out and called out to the children of Israel, God raised up a flood called David to come up against him. I'm here to tell you right now, the enemy is coming in. Don't, 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 don't. Don't get it twisted. The enemy has come in. The enemy is coming in. And like a flood, he's coming in against us. But I'm here to tell you right now that the Spirit of the Lord will come in and raise a standard against him. But many of you don't understand. You're the standard. You're waiting for God to raise someone up when you don't realize you are the one that will stop the approach of the enemy today. Somebody say amen. See, no matter how you read it, no matter where the scripture is, the comma is supposed to go. Every time the enemy shows up, God shows up. No, say it again, Pastor Dan. Every time the enemy shows up, God promises to show up. No matter when the enemy shows up, where the enemy shows up, or when the enemy shows up. My God gave me a promise that when the enemy comes in, like a flood, 
The spirit of the Lord will raise a standard against them. My God doesn't sit quietly when the enemy comes in. Whether the enemy comes, it's not an if, it's a when the enemy comes in. And so I want you to understand that right now, many of you, that we're going through a tough time. We're going through an enemy, a, a, a enemy called, called Goliath that's coming against us. It's called COVID-19. It's called racism. It's called social unrest. It's called financial destruction. We find ourselves in a moment like no other period in our history where Goliath is calling out to us. But the Davids have to raise up in order to stop the flood that's taking place in our society today. Oh, come on, somebody. You got to hear me. You were raised up for such a time as this. You see, well, today I want to talk to you very quickly about momentum. Everyone say momentum. You see, momentum in sports, we see it all the time. You see when on a basketball team, when, when they begin to score and they, they, they start hitting some threes or they make some defensive stops, there's a momentum that you get in a football team. You can feel the momentum swing as a crowd is cheering. You can see things taking place. Momentum is a powerful thing. You see, momentum is size times speed. And many of you right now, this, this past year, in, when 2020 came, you had so much momentum coming into this year. This was going to be your greatest year. As us, as a church, me and our staff, Pastor Nick and the staff got together, we had never been so prepared for a year as we were this year. We had so much momentum going into Easter before COVID shut everything down. But I'm here to tell you that whenever you have momentum, in order to stop that momentum, the enemy has to come in with more momentum in order to slow you down. Some of you had momentum in your marriage. You had momentum in your family. You had momentum in your finances. But the enemy came in and slowed you down. But I'm here to tell you that we're about to get our momentum back. That we're about once again to get our speed, our momentum. And we're going to begin to crush the enemy at every stand. Listen to me right now. Momentum is a moving force that overcomes resistance. We cannot give in just because we have some resistance coming against us. Someone say amen. Listen to me right now. I want you to understand that it was going to take some huge momentum to stop some of us. And you know what? We've slowed down, but we haven't stopped. And I believe right now that we are about to see some great momentum take place in our lives. You see, we're in a spiritual arena right now. Follow me very closely. The battle we are fighting is not just a physical one. It's a spiritual one. You might not be able to see the enemy that you're fighting against. And don't, don't get it twisted. Listen to me. We are not, you are not fighting against your husband. You're not fighting against your boss. You're not fighting against the Democrats or the Republicans. You're not fighting against a political group. You're not fighting against Black Lives Matter. You are not fighting against a physical enemy. Today, we are battling against the enemy, the kingdom of darkness. We are battling against principalities and powers. And whether you see it or not, the greatest influence is the greatest battle that we're fighting to get today is not in your marriage or your family or even even the political party. It is a spiritual force that we have to understand. There is not just an invisible virus that we're fighting. We're fighting an invisible enemy as well. And if we start putting our efforts to fight the wrong enemy, we're going to lose the battle. Listen to me. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 18. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen. Come on. But on what is unseen. Everyone say unseen. You see, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 
We're putting all our efforts to, to take care of our bodies in the natural, but we're letting our spiritual man fall apart. That's going to go on forever. It's time to invest into your soul. It's time to invest into your, to your soul that's going to last forever. What am I telling you today? You see, you might not understand. We have a hard time today in society. If we can't see it, how do we know it exists? But listen, I can't see the wind, but I can see the effects of the wind. And just because you don't see that physical enemy doesn't mean that that physical enemy, that spiritual enemy isn't there. That, that spiritual enemy is more real than your physical body right now. And I need you to understand it's time for us to rise up. How do we do so? Look at 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm not going to be long. I'm going to close in a moment, so stay with me. He says this in verse 32. David hears about what's going on. You see, I need you to understand something. David, have you ever been in a point in your life where your anointing was greater than your assignment? Where you knew that you were in a job, that you knew that you had greater skill or abilities than what your assignment was at that time. Yet David had an anointing to be king, yet he was taking care of sheep. Some of you right now are in a point. I need you to understand that your current assignment is just your, your, your audition for something more. And if you could just be faithful right now and where you're at, God's going to use you and take that, that assignment that you have in your faithfulness, and he's going to promote you to something greater later on. But I want you to see that your season of faithfulness will end up giving way to a season of fullness if you don't give up. Follow me on this this morning. David was anointed king, wasn't invited to the battle, and yet when he goes to deliver the food for his father, he hears this. He hears the giant calling out to the armies of Israel. And so he goes and he talks to King Saul and says this. Verse 32, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I will go and fight him. Don't, and th this is Saul's reply. Don't be ridiculous. There is no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. I love what David says, I'll go. If no one else will fight him, I'll go. I'll take care of this problem. I'll deal with this situation. Baby, you need to understand, God created you for such a time as this. In the middle of COVID, in the middle of the racial discord, and everything that's going on, there is an assignment on your life right now that you, God has called you to the battlefield so that you can hear something. See, whatever bothers you is the very thing God designed you to fix. And David got to the battle line while everyone else was hiding out. As Goliath called out, it bothered David. It got him upset. How dare this man call out to my God? How dare this man disrespect my God? And David, something stirred up inside him to get up and do something about it. I want to know, are you fed up yet? Are you bothered yet by what's going on in our society? Because it's going to be the stirring of your, your spirit that's going to get you to rise up and fix and remedy everything that's going on. David says, I'll go. David persists after they tell him no. Look at verse 34. David persisted. Some of you got to stop giving up so soon. You get, a little, you get a little resistance from someone saying you can't do that and you give up on the goal and the call that God has on your life. David persisted. And he says this, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. And when a lion or bear comes and steals the lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. 
And if the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. Look at verse 36. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. Now look at verse 37 as I bring this to a close. In fact, if you could help me out on the keyboard. Look what he says in verse 37. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Do you catch that? He says, the, the Lord who rescued me will rescue me. In the past, he rescued me. But in the future, he'll do it again. What God did yesterday, I have, I have monuments of what God has done. When a bear or lion came against me, I rose up and I went and I took care of that thing. I killed it because of what God did for me yesterday. I can trust that God will do it again in the future. Baby, I need you to understand that you got to start recognizing in the memorials of your life. What God did for you yesterday is building platforms for you to stand on to believe God for your future. God brought us out of some things in our past. God brought you out of some addictions. God brought you and healed your marriage. God brought your family together. God got you out of debt sometimes. God delivered you from an addiction or a bondage. And you need to understand that COVID will be no different. That this ba that, that, that what our nation's going through will be no different because God God rescued me in the past God's gonna rescue me in the future I could trust him you could trust him God is with you rescued past tense will rescue future tense that I could trust God if he did it in the past I could trust him to do it in the future come on won't he do it won't he do it won't he do it in your marriage, in your family? Won't he do it? See, David's private victory set him up for his public ones. This is where I want to bring it to a close this morning. You're, you're, what you're doing right now in private is going to determine how we come out of this in public. See, sheltering in place, we find ourselves at home and so much time that it's easy just to lose track of your purpose. But I'm here to tell you right now, that your purpose hasn't been placed on pause just because the world has. That God's plan for your life hasn't changed. God's design for your life hasn't, hasn't been set aside. In fact, Barna, a Christian research company, came up with this, this, uh, this data just recently in a survey. They found out that one-third of all Christians have stopped tuning in to worship services online. They stopped attending church. 33% of all Christians aren't even attending church anymore, online or otherwise. They've lost connection. They've lost fellowship. What kept David going was his fellowship with God. He was the one that penned the words, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He was the one that wrote those words. You see, I need you to understand right now, David found himself anointed by God to be king, but now he's back out in the, back out in the pasture taking care of sheep. It reminds me of Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, that says, do not despise these small beginnings. You're looking where you're at right now and you don't think it's much. May not be the biggest house or apartment. You may not have the highest promotion at work. 
You might not even have the greatest assignment at church right now. But you know what? Don't despise your small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Listen to me as I close right now. It's time to get to work. It doesn't have to be big. For some of you, it's just sliding on your knees in the morning and inviting God into your day. I want to share with you just three points very quickly. Number one, start small. Do the little things. If you're working on your marriage, let your wife know how much you love her. Don't just show it by going to work, but express it to her. Bring her flowers. Let her know. Rub her feet. Just let her know that you love her. Start small. Let your kids know how much you care about them. Let your kids know how, how much, how important they are to you. That's right, Lauren. Look at, look at Elijah. Tell him, start rubbing my feet, baby. Start small. Do the little things. We got to do the little things that, that we have to start on. Start small. And number two, stay consistent. It's like a diet or working out or otherwise. You're not, don't expect to, to, get, to lose all the weight that you gained after one workout. We have to be consistent. Don't expect to find yourself drawn close to God after you've been far away from God for so long. You have to stay consistent in building that relationship with God. Start small, but stay consistent. Start small, stay consistent. But what's more important than that as I close this morning is this, win the moment. I hear so many individuals say, Pastor, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I, I, I've had such a bad, bad life in my past. How do I move on to, to something new? I have so many habits that, I've, that have followed me all my life. How do I break those habits? All I ask them is this. I don't expect you to be perfect for the next 20 years. But do you have enough resolve to win the next moment? The next decision. Can you win the next decision? Can you just win instead of blowing up and getting angry? Can you, can you just for a moment fill the gap with love? Can you just take a moment instead of drinking when you feel like drinking? Can you just, just, just pause for a moment and ask God's help and win the moment? Can you win the moment? Start small. Stay consistent. And just win the next moment. Because if you could do that, You could change your world. You could transform your marriage, your family, your future. Now, I want to pray with you right now because some of you are struggling during this time. Goliath is calling out to you, but instead of rising up to the occasion, you're hiding out in the tent with Saul. But that's not what God called you to do. I want you right where you are to bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I pray for every individual listening to the sound of my voice. That God, that we would make halftime adjustments right now. That God, that we would do the things necessary to recognize that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I'm not fighting this battle on my own. Lord, you're with me. And that whenever the enemy shows up, God, I have confidence to know you show up. And whenever light shows up, darkness has to flee. So I don't worry about the enemy showing up. Lord, I just look forward to you showing up on my behalf. And if you're there, healing shows up. If you're there, peace shows up. If you're there, provision shows up. Because God, you are the great I am. 
I pray right now, my God, that whatever Goliaths are calling out to us today, that we take hope to know you are with us. In Jesus' name. You're here right now, heads bowed and eyes closed, and maybe you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to introduce him to you tonight. I want to right now invite you just to invite Jesus into your heart. Not telling you that you have to stop anything you're doing. All I'm saying is this. If you choose to make Jesus Lord, he'll change your life. He'll transform you. He loves you radically. I just want you to say this prayer with me. Just say, dear Jesus, I invite you now into my life. I turn my back on my old way of living. And I make a choice today to follow you. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again three days later. I commit my life to you like you gave your life for me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, believing in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, the Bible says you and your family, your transformation will affect your family. You and your family shall be saved. I want to invite you right now, if you would just text the word ALIVE to the number on the screen right now. Text the number ALIVE. Just text ALIVE to the number on the screen and we'll get back to you. I want you to know God loves you. CWC Bay Area, we love you as well. I want you to understand God created you for such a time as this to love God, to love people, and to change the world. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.